Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com from UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And today we are, well, at least in the room, we don't have Super Producer Noel with us. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our Super Producer Noel E.T. Brown has uh, moved on to a better place. He's, he's, he's directly outside. He's directly outside. Yeah, he's directly outside. Uh, still on the show, watching us through a uh, nifty new window because he is moving on up. But you know what, Matt? Even though he's outside, something tells me that he can hear us. Call it, call it faith. Call it the pair of headphones uh, I see him wearing and, and the fact that he's nodding when we say stuff. Oh, that is weird. He, he did respond in real time. Is it coincidence? Is it an accident? Is there something else out there? Some other explanation? And speaking of amazing segues, uh, today we're working on UFOs, right? That's correct. Specifically, an incident that took place in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania that has baffled people 
ever since the day that it occurred. Yeah, it's tantalized people. It has irritated skeptics and ufologists alike because even today, spoiler alert, most people don't agree about what happened, including uh, surviving eyewitnesses. So what we're going to do is explore the facts of this, uh, some of the ways that this changed, and in the end... Ask what you think, because this is a fascinating case. But, but okay, so Matt, just, just the facts. What, what happened? At around 4.45 p.m. on December 9th, 1965, residents of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, around 40 miles outside of Pittsburgh, saw something bizarre, unexpected and frightening. A ball of fire shot through the sky. This thing, purportedly acorn-shaped, appeared to make a controlled crash, slowing down before it hit the ground. Now, this isn't just one person that's giving this report to a police officer or something, you know. Sure. It's called calling 911. Hey, I saw this crazy thing. This event had hundreds of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because numerous people saw it. And the question would be, what, what was it? Because we know that these people all saw something. They didn't just collectively pretend mm-hmm. uh, that something happened around 5 p.m. on December 9th. But was it a military craft? A uh, wayward meteorite? Something else? That's right. It, it To me, just after hearing the description, it sounds like what we've seen before on numerous videos. A mm-hmm. yeah, meteorite mm-hmm. um, breaking up as it's going through the atmosphere. Right, because going through the atmosphere is, is a no bed of roses. It's a heck of a trip, and oh, most yeah. meteors, meteorites burn up, right? Yeah. Uh, so this story, we'll explore the evolution of this story, but for a while, people thought the case was largely closed until, that is, the 1990s. And listeners, uh, some of you may remember a show called Unsolved Mysteries. Do you remember oh, that one, Matt? Oh, I definitely do. I loved it. Uh, I remember, I remember seeing it. Um, I guess it must have been reruns by then, but it came on after these reruns of Alf. And that was very, <laughs> that was appropriate to me. It made sense to my, my kid mind. Uh, so when, when Unsolved Mysteries ran this episode on Kecksburg, or this segment rather, uh, the, what should we say? Um, we're a family show, so we'll just say the poop hit the fan almost immediately. And despite numerous, often contradictory reports, aspects of this incident remain unexplained today. So let's look at the initial reports, how the subsequent explanations changed, as well as words from the skeptics, words from those who were convinced that this was some sort of extraterrestrial object, and of course, the eyewitnesses. That's right. And some of the people who witnessed this, they claim that they actually made it to the area, or at least close area, to where this thing, whatever it is, impacted. And according to some of the statements, mm-hmm. they came upon a large metallic acorn-shaped object that was just in the ground that had hit. And it was one piece of solid metal. Uh, I think one person said bronze gold mm-hmm. in color. Mm-hmm. And... It didn't have any kind of rivets in it or anything like that. It didn't have seams. It didn't appear to be created out of a bunch of man-made materials, you know, the way you would see an aircraft. Sure. Like an aircraft at that time would have mm-hmm. visible rivets. Uh, you could see clear marks of construction. It's interesting because one of the witnesses, well, several actually, claimed they saw markings that resembled Egyptian hieroglyphics. And, Matt, this reminds me of... That's weird. Yeah. It reminds me of the... Um, 
oh, the, the Roswell crash reports mm-hmm. that we did some videos on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that we didn't see any clear photographs of this thing. At least you and I no. haven't found any. But some reportedly, reputedly, allegedly exist. Uh, let's go back to a witness statement. There's a guy who was, uh, by the time his interview came around, he was a retired machinist named Jim Romansky. And at the time of the event, he was an 18-year-old volunteer firefighter. He said he saw the object and looked like it was liquid metal poured into a mold. And we can we can look more at this later, but let's introduce one of the most important witnesses for this story. A name you need to remember is John Murphy. Now, at the time, he was a brand new director of WHJB in nearby Greensburg, which is... It's a radio station. Exactly. A, A radio station gentleman. And remember, John Murphy. Now, he received word of this event from a listener... Which is kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. That idea that you're sitting there doing your job as, as you know, on the air, and mm-hmm. then what? This thing, mysterious thing, crashed, and mm-hmm. you're stuck in a room, and you know you're trying to get in as much information as you can. I can, I am so jealous of John Murphy in this instance. Well, yeah, people still will call radio stations, and so he's the director. I imagine he's sitting somewhere very much where you're sitting, Noel, directing things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he really can't hear us. So back to the story, yes, he uh, he receives a, a call from a listener named Frances Kalp. Uh, she reports that Something crazy had happened. Uh, the sky is falling. Well, maybe not all of it, but some of it. Yeah. Well, maybe not some of it, but one flaming object has uh, fallen near her home. She said that she and her kids approached this thing, and they got about a half mile away from it, and they saw what she described as a four-pointed star. So what did Murphy do? Well, first of all, let's just point out that a four-pointed star is a very different description than we've heard before, right? Yeah, for all the other stuff, right. Okay, so she calls the Pennsylvania State Police, and they asked her to meet and lead them to where she found this thing. Now, back to John Murphy. Mm-hmm. He called the the Pennsylvania State Police after he heard of this, and he asked Kalp, the, uh, the lady that we just said who went out and saw the thing, to meet and then lead them to where she saw it. Then Murphy himself drives out to check it out, and... Here's the thing. We don't know who made it there first. Was mm-hmm. it Murphy? Was it the cops? Yeah, his wife, Murphy's wife, Bonnie Murphy, said that she believes uh, her husband made it out there first. Okay. But as far as whether how true that is, we, we don't know. We mm-hmm. do know that Murphy interviewed uh, Francis Kalp and her kids at the scene, um, and he also ran into uh, state police officials, Carl Metz and Paul Shipko. And after they walked out of the woods, they were evasive to Murphy, or he found them evasive. Mm-hmm. When he asked what they had seen, and they all they said was that uh, the military would be involved. So Murphy did what uh, so many of us have probably done when when we're not happy with our interactions with an organization. Mm-hmm. He escalated it. Yeah. Know? So Murphy, however, was not one to be cowed or intimidated, and he called uh, Metz and Shipko's boss. He called the state police uh, captain, whom I believe was named Dusa, D-U-S-S-A. Uh, Dusa responded 
pretty favorably and invited uh, Murphy to come to the police office in Greensburg uh, to hear the official statement from the feds. Members of the Army and the Air Force were there, and we have uh, their official statement, the quote at least, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The Pennsylvania State Police have made a thorough search in the woods. We are convinced that there is nothing whatsoever in the woods. Nothing. We found nothing. Not even trees or wildlife. Mm -hmm. Yep. Zilch, zip. Nothing to see here. Yep. Zilp Zitch, not a surf. Uh, so Murphy, uh, Murphy takes this statement and obviously he doesn't believe it. He overhears officers talking about a pulsating blue light. And when he learns that they're going to return to the site, he asks them if he can come with them. Uh, and they say yes. But when they get to the woods, he's not allowed in there. The mm. military has reportedly cordoned off the area, you know, uh, put the tape up, put some guards around the perimeter, restricted access. And then several witnesses say that they saw a large flatbed truck leaving the same spot with a conical object of some sort under the tarp, after which the military began to leave as well. Man, so put yourself in Murphy's shoes here. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You think that these guys are hiding something Mm -hmm. that... You know, it, depending on what it is, could have huge consequences mm-hmm. on all of mankind, perhaps, or sure. maybe even just your country, if it's another country's uh, thing that fell out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? Well, Murphy decides that he's going to work on a radio special called Object in the Woods. And he's interviewing witnesses. He's talking to as many people as he can and putting it on air. Mm-hmm. Now, a few days before this special aired, witnesses began calling Murphy and requesting that he chop out the parts that they were in. And, you know, why why would they want that? Well, Mm. they were fearing that the army, whoever is really in control of the situation, maybe just the police, Mm. would somehow retaliate against them for even talking about this thing. Hmm. Now, after the show... Men in suits visited Murphy. They went to his office. They spoke in this back room for about half an hour. They took his taped interviews when they left, and Murphy refused to talk about this incident again. Now, that's pretty crazy, right? That that sounds like something you would write in a script. Sure. It sounds, uh, it sounds very similar to... Numerous men in black uh, stories mm. and anecdotes. It's it's true, though, Matt. People do get visited, especially back then. People would get visited by uh, the feds, just men in nondescript suits, you know. It did happen. Murphy's wife, Bonnie, noted that his, uh, his research and the documents that he had been keeping were gone as well. And she never saw the photographs that Murphy took because he refused to speak about this incident. Allegedly, he gave a copy of the unedited full documentary to a man named Stan Gordon, uh, but this unedited version of the documentary has also disappeared. Uh, Stan Gordon is someone who will come up later when we talk about the modern day. Uh, he is someone who you can check out if you believe there is something rotten in Denmark, or should I say rotten mm-hmm. in Kecksburg, so, yeah, okay. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at some of these initial public statements. huh? 
Okay. Well, the first one, the Spokesman Review, they published a story on December 10th called UFO Starts Many Fires. And in this piece, they claim that the the object set a bunch of fires or it started a bunch of fires uh-huh. when it uh, when it landed and or crashed. There were lots of bursts of light that occurred when this when this thing came down and uh, also a lot of smoke before hitting the earth. Now in this in this story this is a fairly short article which you can look up for yourself online and you'll see reports of different fires happening um around different parts of the Pennsylvania area and outside of it uh there's a report of somebody describing this as a volleyball shaped object or volleyball mm-hmm. size uh, but we also have to keep in mind that for someone on the ground with a fast-moving object and a bright one, it can be very difficult for us to have a true understanding of the size of the object mm-hmm. and the distance of the object. And this is something that's going to come up with some of the skeptical statements as well. Another funny thing happens, the Air Force changes the official report to state that instead of not finding anything in the woods, a meteorite fell to earth. Most people accepted this explanation. The case seemed closed for decades. However, that wasn't the last time the story would change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, man. Uh, in the 1990s, as we said, this story hit the public eye and the public mind anew, thanks to the folks at Unsolved Mysteries. And this was controversial in the area. Yeah, at the time, people who lived in Kecksburg really, you know, they were divided. Some people really didn't like the attention that this was bringing to their fairly small town. And, you know, uh, I think there was even a petition that was Mm -hmm. uh, gathered together and signed by a lot of people. Sure, yeah. Uh, some of whom just didn't want the show filmed. They weren't alive when it happened. Mm -hmm. They had never claimed to be witnesses, but they didn't want, uh, unsolved mysteries or television types stirring up more out-of-towners and violating privacy, I imagine. It is interesting because it, it seems like it would be, I don't know, a boom to your small town if you oh, yeah, there's, tourism. There's a UFO store there now. This this tourist industry that sprouts out around these things is, is definitely in swing there. After the show, more witnesses came forward, and we'll call them self-identified witnesses because they don't have a lot of confirmation. So these are anecdotes. Uh, one one person was a United States Air Force officer who was apparently tasked with guarding this flatbed truck we mentioned earlier and told it was bound for Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Another one was a building contractor who apparently transported a load of 6,500 quote, special bricks, whatever whatever the heck that is, to a hangar inside Wright-Patterson. This is an Air Force base. Mm-hmm. And he looked inside and he claims that he saw this bell-shaped device with uh, some some men wearing these, you know, the white radiation suits oh, that you've yeah, seen yeah, on like TV before. The radiation protection suits, yeah. And he said these guys are looking at it, going all over it, just trying to figure out either either studying it or something. And they start escorting him out and tell him. They say he just saw an object that in 20 years would become common knowledge. And we do know, okay, I have to say this in point of fairness, Matt, we do know that especially in terms of aircraft, uh, 
that is completely possible. That's not, about right. 20 yeah, years? Not just for the United States to do it, but for other countries, you know, mm-hmm. China, Russia, uh, probably several European countries have that capability, um, but the United States is one of the biggest in the game. So as soon as this happens, as soon as Unsolved Mysteries runs this thing, uh, numerous other shows begin focusing on Kecksburg, and they're tantalizing the UFO believers with things that are not quite answers, and they're doubtlessly irritating the heck out of, you know, like the overly emotional skeptics. Yes. And, and, uh, the, so the question is, what, what exactly landed? We have several possibilities, right? The first one, like we said at the top, and then was the official story for a while sure, there. Yeah. And meteorite. Right, yeah. And that's clearly possible. I mean, 18,000 to 84,000 meteorites that are larger than 10 grams hit Earth every year. Yeah, and then if you look at something like the Geminid meteor shower, uh, I mean, it was in progress at the time. Of course... Uh, astronomer Louis Winker from Penn State, he doesn't think anything could have survived the passage through the atmosphere to the ground, uh, mm-hmm. at least that would match up what people saw at the Kecksburg incident. Right, yeah. Then there's, we'll go ahead and throw it out there, there's the possibility of an unidentified, non-man-made object. Uh, and this, one of the big things that uh, people use as proof of this is that there is proof of um, secrecy, shifting stories, official sources contradicting one another. But again, the big question is, if there really was an extraterrestrial thing, then how on or off Earth could it be kept secret for so long? That's asking a lot, especially if people already you know, especially if we have a guy who's working on a documentary, if we have all these uh, other people coming forward and saying stuff, um, yeah, you have to wonder what what else. That is an extraordinary claim. But there are other claims that people put a little bit more, uh, give a little bit more consideration to. Perhaps. What if what if this thing was mm-hmm. a Russian satellite, specifically the Venus Cosmos ninety six satellite? Ah, yes. Now, that is an excellent question, and that's still one of the front-running theories. Uh, there is a Soviet satellite spacecraft expert named James Oberg, who I think we've mentioned in a couple of other shows before. He is he is a UFO skeptic, um, but he also believes that – he's also skeptical, or was for a while, mm-hmm. about this Cosmos 96 satellite because he said, like, the timing might not match up. But later he came up with a possible explanation. He said that the Cosmos 96 had been set to reenter the atmosphere and crash in Canada 13 hours before. So that would put it at, you know, around mm-hmm. 3 in the morning, a little after 3 in the morning. Uh he has an interview in Omni magazine where he says that maybe what entered the area at that time instead was a rocket booster and that the probe itself fell to Earth and, and, and crashed in Kecksburg. But this leads us down a really interesting thing that I want to give a shout out to because the Russian and American forces at this time had sort of a handshake agreement with, uh, you know, if some, if one, uh, if a U.S. satellite falls, in something under the Russian sphere of influence. Notice I don't just say mm-hmm. Russia. Um, if something falls in the U.S. sphere of influence, then we will get it and we will give it back to you. Sure. Um, however, that is that may not have always been the case, but it would explain massive secrecy because the Air Force apparently had a secret 
operation called Project Moondust. And their purpose was to get any foreign space probes that crashed. So their purpose was kind of to secretly get get around this this uh, informal agreement. I, I would just like to point something out here. I can't imagine someone from, you know, fairly middle of nowhere, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. seeing a ship that has a bunch of Cyrillic written on it mm-hmm. yep. might just yeah, associate it with something that is not a... I, I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm saying uh, some of the witnesses were either not intelligent or just didn't understand what Russian looked like, but perhaps they didn't. It is possible. I mean, it, you know, a lot of people aren't reading Cyrillic as a, you know, as a percentage of our population, mm-hmm. e- even today in the United States. You know, uh, that's why being able to read and speak Russian is such an incredibly valuable skill. Or any, or any foreign language, really. A lot of, a lot, of, it's true, man. A lot of us here in the United States are not, uh, polyglots. So. Me. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I can yeah. imagine that. Or, you know, you could always say, well, what if Russia was getting, or Soviet Union was mm. getting tricky and putting hieroglyphs on their satellites just for fun? Sure. It's, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is totally possible. Um, the, the other thing here is there's a possibility that it was a secret United States project that Ooh. crashed to the ground. That is so possible. Mm-hmm. That could happen today. Uh, let's just go ahead and just to depict other things that are secret that the United States could have crashed to the ground somewhere. X-37B. Big time. Uh, an unmanned spacecraft that just goes out in space and hangs out for days, months. But what does it do, Ben? You know, that is such a great, <laughs> that is such a great question. Uh, Matt's, Matt is busting my chops a little bit because I went through a period where I would come up to your desk pretty much every day. And even though it was clear that neither of us knew what the X-37B was doing, I would kind of harass both of us. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. It, it was a troubleshooting something that is impossible to solve. But what What does it... Anyway, that's a story for a different <laughs> show. And hopefully that news will come out soon. Uh, so... This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then 
you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's another possibility that I read uh, about on a more a more skeptical side mm-hmm. site, which we'll, we'll talk about at the end, uh, that just says, nope, this Kecksburg incident, this was all a confusion. Nothing landed. There was a Great Lakes fireball at the same time. And oh. then due to the problems of perception that humans have on the ground looking in the sky, uh, that people thought it was closer than it was, it wasn't actually anything there. I don't know if I, I don't know how come how much I believe that uh, because of some later statements. So let's go to the modern day where we meet a sharp journalist from New York City named Leslie Keene. Leslie Keene filed an FOIA Freedom of Information Act request with NASA, and she ended up in a lawsuit against NASA. And this was with the Sci-Fi Channel. So let's be clear about this. She had a she had a big supporting patron behind her that enabled this kind of mm-hmm. uh, David against Goliath thing. Uh, in December 2005, NASA said that they examined metallic fragments from this object and claimed that it was uh, 
a Russian satellite, that it really was a Russian satellite. Hmm. Uh, the NASA spokesman said that, uh, by the way, we lost the records of this. Yeah, we just can't find them. Yeah. Uh, shucks. Yeah, we can't. Uh, and if they, if they said, if this was true, then, you know, they said they lost it in the 1990s. Uh, and in their, in their statement, they say that, uh, what they, they can't track UFOs. So what they did, uh, was to take a look at whatever did fall and give their expert opinion, their best guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, like, we don't know how much that bears out because as part of this work on the sci-fi show, uh, Leslie Keen had people check the orbital paths of all known satellites and other records from the period in 65. And the expert she had checking said that it was absolutely impossible for any part of the Cosmos 96 Venus probe to have accounted for either the fireball or any object at Kettsburg. Uh, and these experts said, uh, furthermore, there were no other man-made <laughs> satellites or other objects that re-entered the atmosphere that day. Well, according to the official records. Right, yeah. And then, speaking of records, they, they note... People have noted, you know, the same thing you and I are noting mm-hmm. here, like how questionable is it that NASA could lose records? I think, you know, I, I think that if it really is a Russian satellite in the, mi- in the middle of the Cold War, a Russian satellite fell to the United States, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now we're, we're decades and decades away from this event. It's strange that... I mean, may, okay, Matt, I will say it. Maybe the records were honestly lost. But if they were purposely lost, if they were destroyed, uh, what prevents NASA from saying, yeah, we destroyed them? Like, what, what prevents mm. that from coming to light? Is there a statute of limitations? Is it something that still impacts national security? Yeah, and what happens? What are the consequences of, oh, man, we misplaced some documents? Are there any consequences? I I can't imagine that there would be any because, oh, it was a clerical error or this mm. happened. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And it, it may well be that more information emerges about this and solidifies, uh, what, what we do know or what witnesses are saying. Um, but now it's time for us to follow up on some of our earlier mentioned players. What happened to John Murphy? Well, Apparently, he never spoke about whatever conversation that he had with the men in suits, mm-hmm. let's call them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, he just never even talked about it to anybody that, that we have record of. Uh, after the airing of the heavily censored documentary that he made. Yeah, a uh, few, few years after, right? 1969, it, I think. Exactly. Uh, he went on to vacation. He went to Ventura, California. Mm-hmm. And... Unfortunately, when he was out there, he was killed in a hit-and-run accident. And after his death, his wife, uh, who we mentioned earlier, Bonnie Murphy, said that uh, her husband really did have photos of an object, but that they were confiscated, these photos. She's saying something really did land. Mm-hmm. The state police confiscated it, and he was threatened with grave consequences, grave enough and believable enough at least, uh, that he was silenced on this for life. That's very intense. I, I can imagine as someone with a family that if someone threatened mm-hmm. my family, then you would i would have to think very long and hard about my you know my moral high ground or or 
my instincts to want to go after the truth mm-hmm. for something like this. That's scary to me. Well, it's it's a situation, you know, if if that kind of stuff occurs, when that stuff kind of occurs, uh, we know it's a situation that is not unique. That really has happened in the past mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily, you know, with one one particular country or one particular government or administration. Uh, this stuff is happening today to journalists across the world for myriad reasons. Mm-hmm. Don't report on corruption in uh was it Venezuela? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, there, there are different, there are different things. Being a journalist is a bit, is a very risky and stressful lifestyle, I understand. Uh, but we do have some further reading. We've only been able to look at, I guess, a little bit beneath the surface of Kecksburg. And we want to hear from you. Do you think this is a meteorite? Do you think this is a foreign technology? And if so, how foreign? USSR? China, non-terrestrial. So let's go toward, uh, just to end on some, uh, some further reading here. I'll, I'll start with just the skeptical thing. We mentioned that some of the skeptical sides had claimed this, uh, this event in Kecksburg was confused with the Great Lakes fireball. And that's from a site called debunker.com. And they say that the Kecksburg crash itself is sensationalism. And they have some great sources if you want to check this out. One of them, they cited a 1996 issue of Sky and Telescope magazine uh, where a professor of geophysics and geology named G.W. Weatherhill uh, says the following. The fireball was observed by many people in Ontario, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and to a lesser extent in the neighboring states. In newspaper accounts, a great many supposed impact sites were reported, both in southwestern Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio. Fragments were claimed to have fallen in Ohio and Michigan. These imagined happenings arose from the impossibility of estimating the distance of an object in the sky. Almost everyone who saw the fireball thought it was much closer than it really was. When it disappeared behind a house or a tree, many people thought it had fallen only a few hundred yards beyond. And that's that's a really important thing because the Weatherhill is bringing up two concepts here. The first we know is true. It is incredibly difficult, maybe impossible with the naked eye to estimate uh, the distance of an object in the sky. Uh, secondly, you know, you know, so people thought it was much closer and really was. Secondly, and perhaps more importantly, he's saying there were numerous possible crash sites from debris, right? Mm-hmm. So not one Kecksburg, but many. Who knows how many? Um, this, this is interesting, but you know, of course, we want to present that side of the argument and see what you think about it. If you want, uh, to get some in-depth information on something that explores Kecksburg in, um, more of a um, conspiratorial side of mm-hmm. the story and goes into much more depth than the mainstream TV shows, then do check out the work of Stan Gordon. Uh, if you if you look at some of his stuff, which you can find available online, we would love to hear your views. Tell us what you think happened on the afternoon of December 9th, 1965 in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, or what didn't happen. 
So find us on Twitter, guys. Find us on Facebook. We are at Conspiracy Stuff on both of those. Uh, you can go to our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. We've got all of our audio podcasts like this there. Hopefully you're listening to this on there. If you are, thanks, dude or lady. Oh, oh. Uh, before we go, Ben, one more thing we wanted to address. Oh, yes. Uh, we wanted to thank everybody who checked out our uh, one of our recent audio podcasts on race and policing in the United States specifically. And we received uh, some great feedback on this, both in terms of constructive criticism and in terms of valid pointers for where to head next. Mm-hmm. One of the best points, uh, at least in my opinion, was that we were talking about arrest rates and incarceration rates, but we weren't talking about the rates of the crimes that were committed uh, in in the same way. So we heard this, and we would like to explore this. Uh, we're going to look at crime. We have some stuff that touches on it earlier. You know, we've talked about uh, militarization of police. We talked about prisons, profits, yeah, immigration. privatization. Yeah, and uh, we've also explored. I I don't know if we've done it in this show, but in some other shows, we've explored some of the uh, problems of having a bigger society and whether people are hardwired to only be able to consider a couple of uh, a smaller number of people human beings. It's uh, called the Dunbar's number. Right? Was that brain stuff? I think that was an episode yeah. you did of brain stuff. Yeah, it was on brain stuff. We should also check it out there. We're going to head out. There is another thing that we'd like to cover in more depth later. Uh, I don't know when we'll get to it, but that is the Brazilian version of Operation Blue Book. We hope you stay tuned for that, and we hope you check out our video coming up later on this week is your government building UFOs. So tell us what you think. Uh, if you don't like the social media thing, write to us. We are conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit YouTube.com slash Conspiracy Stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at Conspiracy Stuff. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. 
from breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.